and welcome to the One Pound Movie Podcast. I'm your host Wayne and this is episode 7. And on episode 7 I have a very special guest. I have Philip McCulloch from the Grandpa Reacts YouTube channel. Say hello Philip. Oh sorry, hello. Hello everyone, hello Wayne, how are you? <laughs> I'm alright mate, I'm not too bad. How are you? Very well, thank you. All Good. things considered. <laughs> yeah, with the, with the lockdown and whatnot, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mm, indeed. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll speak about Philip's uh, channel on YouTube uh, towards the end of the podcast because... On this, uh, on this, on today's podcast, episode seven, we're going to be talking about Cyborg Cop Two. For those of you who are new to the podcast, this is a podcast where I've been to a local DVD trading shop and bought a DVD for a pound or less in the hopes of finding some absolute classics, some absolute hidden gems and some absolute disasters if we're completely honest because they're also really fun aren't they and decide if it's worth the pound I paid for it. and you know I'll watch these films so you don't have to sometimes like I said episode 7 Cyborg Cop 2 so Cyborg Cop 2 is directed by Sam Furstenberg it's a running time of 97 minutes it has an IMDB score of 3.7 out of 10 and a Rotten Tomato scores of 10% that's the second lowest I've reviewed on this podcast to be honest so yeah <laughs> let's not I don't think we're hoping for much on that I'm Ray Philip. So yeah, I'll read the synopsis now. So the cyborg awakes. The next the new generation of cyborgs are more lethal, powerful and dangerous, and smarter than the computers that program them. So intelligent, they are capable of regenerating themselves without human control. A chilling prospect for the civilized world. That is uh that is a chilling prospect. Well, we shall see. <laughs> no, I was gonna say to be fair, I don't really pay attention to writings. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb particularly because I think if you're going to like it you're going to like it even if like thousands of yeah people. absolutely it's it's more for context in this to be honest more than anything else you know because yeah, of course no I understand because yeah. uh, one of the one of the films I reviewed has got a five uh, five out of ten on on IMDb and it only got three scores so it's like you know how can they possibly know so to be fair I always say if a film has got like a six on IMDb it's pretty good. Yeah, to be fair. Six and above, writing mm. on IMDb, that's a good rating. Yeah. Uh, so, critical response for Cyborg Cop 2. J.R. Taylor from Entertainment, uh, the entertainment.com said, on the surface, this movie may seem just another dull knockoff of uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Universal Soldier with a ludicrously macho cop chasing a killer turned government experiment, but Cyborg Cop is a must-see for fans of incompetent, low-budget action films. I like that she says incompetent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's me. She's, she's, she's targeting at me. <laughs> Chris the Brain from BulletproofAction.com said, While other action stars are held in highest regard on this site, David Bradley is not among them. <laughs> <laughs> Poor David Bradley. Uh, right, with uh, da- uh, director Sam Furstenberg. His first film was called One More Chance in 1981. It starred Kirstie Alley. It won prizes, uh, lots of prizes at uh, some major film festivals. None that I could find, by the way, so I'm just assuming he's talking himself up there. He, uh, he went on to direct cult classics like American Ninja and Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo. Uh, he also directed Cyborg Cop. Great films. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Electric 2 Boogaloo. You know, Electric Boogaloo. What, what can you do? It's fantastic. That all rhymed. <laughs> that was accidental. <laughs> he also directed uh, Cyborg Cop, plus a whole slew of other VHS, you know, low-budget action flicks like Ninja 3, Delta Force 3, you know. One. Who knew? Who knew there was a Delta Force 3? 
one of my one of my favorite films that uh, he directed was uh, Avenging Force with Michael Dudikoff. And I say Michael Dudikoff to make myself sound more intelligent when really it's just Michael Dudikoff. Um, have you ever seen Avenging Force? No, I, I know of uh, Michael. I mean, let's be honest, David Bradley is a low-rent Michael Dudikoff and that's saying something because Michael Dudikoff was a, a low-rent John claude Van Damme, wasn't he? So, yeah. But I haven't seen that. What's, what's that about? Okay, so it's one of my favourite genres of film. It's the human hunting film where there's a group of people called the Pentangle who, you know, put people in a wood and then they hunt them down. And Dudikoff either stumbles upon it or someone's kidnapped and he's got to rescue him. But there's um, Jack, uh, if you know of 80s, bad 80s films, Jack P. Ryan, not Jack P. Ryan. Yeah, Jack P. Ryan, he's the bad guy in, um, he's one of the teachers in class of 1999. He's in all of, you know, the, like the canon, the canon yes. films. He's like the main bad guy in most things. Right, got you. Uh, he does, he, he's got this, he's got this massive racist speech in there and you can see, you can see the actor himself cringing as oh, he's delivering dear. those lines. But it's absolutely, but it's absolutely fantastic. And a little, a, a little tidbit of that, that was meant to be for Chuck Norris and it was meant to be a sequel to a Chuck Norris film and I can't remember with the Chuck Norris film it was meant to be a sequel to but Norris didn't do it and they gave it to Dudikoff would it be the octagon because you know pen pen pentangle octagon no 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 that was no that was far too early it was something like um invasion usa oh got you right um yeah chuck norris versus um communism yeah against uh richard lynch yes which is a fantastic film it's it's funny yeah yeah. it's it's all right it's funny you should mention canon because um sam Furstenberg directed a lot of canon he was obviously favored by uh dennis dennis friedland and chris dewey of the canon film because a lot of the stuff he did was for canon so so yeah it was obviously favored yeah, by them yeah i mean american but you know what 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 i found ironic when I, when i look through he did a lot of dudikoff and a, and a lot of michael bradley but he never directed the american ninja films with dudikoff and bradley in them brilliant fantastic because they, they were in three three and four he never did those which is a bit bonkers wow but, you know what do I know? David Bradley, who is the star of this. It is David Bradley, isn't he? I haven't got that wrong. It's David Bradley, isn't it? Yeah. No, no, it, it is David Bradley. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't get confused with the English David Bradley. That's that's the first note I've got here, I said. American action star, not yeah. Game of Thrones <laughs> alumnus. Yeah, absolutely. Because on IMDb, bless him, when you flick... Oh, sorry, on Rotten Tomatoes, when you flick up, there's a picture of, of English David Bradley where American David Bradley should be. So poor David Bradley's got his name tarred with this. So he was born in Piano, Texas. His name is Brad... His real name is Brad simpson and before film he was oh. he was a he was a car salesman uh, who practiced martial arts his first film was american ninja blood hunt in uh mm. Amer- sorry american ninja 3 blood hunt in 1989 oh well oh, there we go you see yeah and uh, his other films are american samurai total reality i wonder oh, what that film. could be about total reality eh? yeah and uh, I'm, i haven't seen that one i don't think well, i'm guessing it's going to be total recall just with more kung fu in it oh okay yeah probably that's a good one and another film which is called blood warriors we'll go on to the the bad guy of the piece who is morgan hunter he's appeared in obviously cyborg cop and he was in cyborg cop 2 obviously uh strangely he's in the usual suspects as well oh is he now and who is he because i was kind of watching that the other day is who is he in that oh i forgot to write his name down but i think he's just a side character it's it's nothing major you know a bit part okay. sort of thing yeah he has um 16 other actors oh, he is i tell you who he is no he's the he's the police person who's in the you know when kevin space is being interviewed 
He's not Chaz Palomari. He's the other bloke. Right. I'm going to admit something here on this podcast, and people are going to shout. I've never seen the usual suspects. Don't, don't, don't you dare. Do, do not. Oh, right, that's it. I have to go in there. Bye-bye. <laughs> it's, just, it's just one of those, you know, I guarantee you there's films that I'd say, have you seen this? And you go, I haven't seen this. And I'd go, what? It's the same sort of thing, you know. There's nothing yeah, major. Yeah. yeah, no, no. But yeah, well, be, be a very good boy. Right, go and watch it, and then we'll do a podcast on it because it's uh, it really is Pete Pothelswaite's greatest performance. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing about it I don't want to see. It's just, it's just I've never got round to it. It's, it's that simple, you know. It's not like I've been purposely averting it. It's just I've never got round to it. It's one of those you should do anyway. Yeah. Yes. So expectation for the film, and then Philip, what what are you expecting from this film? Right. So I'm expecting it to be like decent because I've seen Cyborg Cop, or at least I have, like I have seen it, but not for a very long time, and. I remember somewhat enjoying it, probably because it was bad. But I also, uh, I also like David Bradley. Uh, I am friends with David Bradley on Facebook, uh, <laughs> and I have seen most of his films, and I, and I do enjoy most of his films because like he can fight. So like like you know like his fighting is decent. You know what I mean? They show mm. the kicks, they show the punches. His acting isn't that good. I'd much prefer like a Jeff Wincott film. But um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Good, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going for, you know, it's a canon sort of affiliated film. Yeah. David Bradley, uh, to be fair, I haven't seen many David Bradley films, but this feels like it's going to be one of those, you know, um, the independent cinemas put on a trash film night and then you turn up and they talk over it and tell you what to expect and, and tell you what's coming. It feels like it's going to be well, like that to me. Well, I'm hoping that it's going to be on the lines of like, uh, you know, like cyber trackers, or the Oliver Gruner one when he plays the robot. Like, I want to see some cyborg action. So, you know, again, yeah, I've, I've, I've got medium to high hopes. See, now, I think I've gone the other way. It's safe to say I have very low expectation of this. Just, for, just from the CD case alone. It's like they haven't even bothered to do a decent CD case. So I've got, I've got very low expectation. So if, if, you, if you come to episode seven and you've listened to those, you know what's going to happen now. We're going to break for an intermission. Watch the film. We're back. Uh, we're back to the podcast now. If you are intending on watching on Cyborg Cop Two, then massive spoilers heading your way. So if you don't want to have the film spoiled for you, switch it off now. Go and watch the film. Come back. We'll be waiting for you. But you've been warned. Heavy spoilers from here on in. So initial reaction, Philip. Oh, like I don't. I can't. I haven't got any words. I don't actually have words to describe. I, like it's it's very rare. It's very very rare that I will want to turn the film off. I wanted to turn this film off four times. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's all I can say. Yeah. That's all I can say. I mean, well, I mean, obviously you have a structure to this, to this podcast, so I can't go on a on a mad one. You can in a bit. Oh my God, it was dreadful. So so as as you know, if you've, if you've come to episode seven, you understand how this works. We're going to break the plot down in its entirety and try and pick out some key moments and some things that don't add up and some bits that do and some bits that are funny and some bits that aren't. So straight away, we're, we're, uh, we're introduced to... Uh, yeah, we're introduced to an armed gang led by... I mean, with a name like this, he was always going to oh, turn to crime, wasn't he? Thing. <laughs> right. It took me about, I don't know, maybe about 30 minutes 
to figure out what they were doing with his surname, if that actually was part of the joke or not. Yeah, so so we're introduced to surname, we're introduced to the, the 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 armed gang in the back of a pickup, and he's driven by Jesse Stark Raven. Stark Raven, mad. Exactly. So uh, the film starts, and they drive towards a drugs den, and uh, it's really nice to see straight from the off. I mean, in the back of this pickup, there's AK-47s and the good old bad guy rocket launcher. I haven't seen a good old bad guy rocket launcher in years. Oh, it's great. It was that was that was fantastic when everything was wrong right there was red flags from the very beginning of this film like as an example just say just say yeah just say like i say to you wayne we're gonna land on some blokes at an abandoned warehouse where they've got like some people at a gate right but we need to be a little bit discreet to get in Right, you don't just drive up in broad daylight and then start firing. Just fire the rocket launcher first. Yeah, so totally taken by surprise. And then you're in. Oh no, it's shocking. When like when one of them, with one of the people who were guarding the warehouse, pulled the bloke off the wagon. It was like, what was the point in showing that? It's rubbish. Just <laughs> yeah. everything about this was rubbish. absolutely. So they they infiltrate the drugs. Then two minutes in, we have surprise tits. Two minutes into this film, I timed it. Oh, they're fabulous. They are fab- fabulous. <laughs> I mean, from then on, there's lots of violence. There's lots of... I'm really not sure why they're blowing this drugs then up. I'm not sure if it's for revenge or it's a gang patch or they're trying to steal the drugs. So from what I can gather, because what I did, I figured out what had happened. A 12-year-old <laughs> had come up with this idea and they'd just gone, that sounds great. And they did it word for word from what this 12-year-old said. Because if you look, when they get into... when they actually get inside the warehouse and all the people are shooting the guns out the window there's a bloke right the the truck is doing like a big donut like a big circle and there's a bloke firing a gun at the truck and no one's died there's no bullets there's no nothing and then it cuts and the guys disappeared so that in itself was a bit bonkers but it seemed it seemed like the man stark raven wanted his payoff so he was letting this bloke run his drugs on the patch to get his cut, and there was no cut, so he was cross. Hey, dickhead! You looking for me? You bald fuck! He's clearly not a very good businessman because the 55 rocket launchers and machine guns brought the attention of the DEA. Absolutely, yeah. He's not a very clever man. I've, I've got exactly the same sort of note here. I've got four armed guys take out many henchmen from the back of a moving pickup truck. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it's fantastic. So then uh, the bit I got was the drug staff don't... They, they must... They must get played for a clock on, clock off bonus because they don't seem to want to leave. Every time they cut back to the drug staff, the naked drug staff, they seem to be continually running away from their desks after previously running away from their desks, constantly doing it. And there was a man who was sat at his desk pointing a gun who did the same thing four or five times until yeah. they realised that's where they needed to put the shot as well. <laughs> so... So straight away, Jesse Stark Raven, as we've as we've gathered, is is he's being completely set up as a Clarence Bodiker type psychopath, isn't he? He's uh, he's got no regard for anybody in his crew. He's got no regard for human life. That's where they're going for this. Good shocker reference, that. Yeah, and then they. I mean, the music in in the, the opening is just it's so repetitive and it's really bad computer eighties cop bad computer game music isn't it from ah, oh, it's just terrible and they keep replaying it over and over and over it's almost like they're trying to wipe your mind <laughs> and then at eight minutes enter the hero on his chrome valved two two-wheeled steed jack ryan 
not that Jack Ryan, this Jack Ryan. Um, unfortunately. Yeah, so a complete with, obviously, police standard issue bum bag. <laughs> fanny pack. Fanny pack, yeah. absolutely. He comes in and starts kicking ass and we get the first of many hero dives throughout this film. There's many hero dives, you know, lots of slow motion firing guns and rolling and all manner of stuff, yeah. Slow-mo gambles. Oh, yeah. Then, then you get um, Jack Ryan gets to show off his kung fu skills and... Uh, he beats Starkraven up, but not before Starkraven managed to stab um, the naked uh, the naked girl in the tit that we've all been enjoying for the first five minutes of the film. I feel like that was just you know being rude and just going, oh yeah, you know, you, did you enjoy them? You're not seeing them anymore. So then, um, I think in these films they try and show you that the bad guy is an actual bad guy by doing things unnecessarily. We've reached 16 minutes at this point. Obviously, Jesse Starkraven has been carted off by the DEA, and off we go from there. So 16 minutes in, it's bad acting, awful dialogue, and as you've as you've made reference to it's really badly directed and the choreography is pretty weak there's a moment where Starkraven and Ryan are fighting and he sort of does like he's pretending to be a chicken or something like that it's really weird he sort of <laughs> drops his arms to his side and starts like grating the floor it's fucking bizarre I don't remember I have seen the first film but like, I don't remember the full details now he was Starkraven was saying that Jack Ryan had killed his brother so I don't know whether that was in the first film or whether this is an off-screen killing of some variety. I haven't made a single note about this, but this could easily be a standalone movie. They make, I think they make two references. It doesn't need to be Cyborg Cop 2. In fact, in America, I think this film was called Cyborg Soldiers, and that makes perfect uh, sense. Because they, 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 they do a couple of references to another film, but if you didn't if they didn't get reference, you wouldn't care. Does It adds nothing to the plot. Anyway, so on with the plot. Jesse Starkraven gets carted off to prison, and on his first night, he's taken away um, in a wire coffin to a military facility under the cover story that he has escaped. But, but you're also blowing off the important thing here, where, like, four people go in for no reason. He starts having it with them. Next thing you know, he gets something shoved up his bum and then carted off in a wire coffin while some other bloke in a in a prison cell watches and that's it he's just watching that happen probably happens every day in that in that uh, prison system i'm afraid <laughs> <laughs> that's very true so he's carted off to this science uh, this uh, by by scientists this military facility we go to the military facility and the scientists are um, showing their gadgets for uh, for this new cyborg army they're trying to create including a forklift truck arm and thermal kevlar which i still can't figure out what the hell thermal kevlar is i honestly thought at this point in the film i thought oh the film's getting better the acting <laughs> looked better they, they look Looks like they paid some money for the set. I was like, oh, this is... Now it gets better. I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Ryan finds out that um, Starkraven's escaped and he goes to the prison for answers and instantly beats up one of the inmates. Sorry, this is why I brought up that he was attacked by these guards who took him away while another prisoner in another cell watched. Because for the for the people who haven't seen or just, just in general, um, Jack Ryan says, what happened? He's like, well, I don't really know. So then he gets his head and shoves it down the bog until he gives him answers. And like the guy's like, I don't know anything. I'm in a cell. I don't literally don't know. Yeah. So his head goes back into the toilet. But the great thing about this scene is the next scene you see Jack, you see Jack Ryan talking to the prison warden who spills his beans about everything he holds nothing back there's no secrets held he tells him everything they came in they do it quite a lot they take in mates and we're just it's like he doesn't care doesn't care what happens to him there's obviously no repercussion yeah, yeah he could have just started with the warden sticks was telling you the truth them feds come in here with all the proper transfer documentation and they just took him but why 
I mean, he was sitting on death row. Ain't my business to ask questions. Transfer where? They don't tell me shit. We go back to the science facility. All the scientists are celebrating their great achievement and they're having lots of sex with women who are completely out of their league. And um, then the cyborg soldiers come to life and Starkraven, who has now been called Spartacus for some reason, very good. I've just, I've just clicked, clicked that, Spartacus, you know, uprising of the slaves and the, the, the cyborgs of the slave army. I've just clicked that. Wow. That's, oh dear. It wasn't for no reason and that's the reason why. That's the first thing in this film that's actually made sense. And he gets hold, <laughs> one of the scientists is holding this fail safe bracelet which will stop all the cyborgs in the tracks Spartacus Starkraven gets hold of the bracelets and he frees all the other cyborgs and they go on a killing spree and get out of the facility great robot voice at this point Well, you see, now I started to worry here because, like, the sexy bit with the scientist and the woman, right, is completely unnecessary. I think, like, what would have been better is if the science man, right, was doing some programming and then, like, it all went a bit pear-shaped and he couldn't stop it from going pear-shaped rather than some sexy hour with some bird, which we didn't see anything anyway. It, it, it didn't make sense. It should have been. The, the guy was working on his own, pressing some buttons. He noticed something going wrong, going, oh, what's this? And then all of a sudden, I am a robot, comes and gets him. <laughs> because, because what we've been told so f- <laughs> what we've been told so far, right? What we've been told so far is they've got forklift arms, they've got Gatling guns, where I don't know where the bullets are kept. They've got rocket launchers, for like frame flowers. They've got impenetrable Kevlar. They're completely indestructible, and the only thing to stop them is this foul safe button, right? The foul safe button doesn't work. No. So now you've fluffed it. Yeah, absolutely. So now you have fluffed it. <laughs> so then we cut back to. Uh, Jack Ryan, who's gone to the ATG. Oh, what's the ATG? First of all, you've missed something very important. Oh, go on uh, then. The explosion, right, the explosion, right. That was awesome, right. And what I will say about this film, even though I'm going to slate it, the ex- they spent all their money on explosions because the explosions were it were the phenomenal. Um, although, what they blew up was obviously like a cardboard barn. Yeah. Because, like... <laughs> But like it was still awesome. Explosion was awesome. Yeah. So um, so he goes to visit the the FBI for answers. Sorry, not for the last time in this film. Jack Ryan beats up several agents. It's like oh, um, yeah. it's a running joke throughout this film that Starkraven, yeah, he kills indiscriminately, but Jack beats anybody up who's in authority. And some people are in prison just as well. Anyone? Yeah, just anyone. Yeah, just anyone. Yeah. <laughs> There was a satellite tracking video at this point, and I've suddenly worked out, oh, right, we're in Iowa. Because I was unsure. They don't tell you where the film's uh, place, so we're in Iowa. That's where this film takes place. Uh, so uh, Filmed after... in the Philippines, set in Iowa. Absolutely. So Jack Ryan gets tailed by the ATG, and he beats them up as well in a very Three Stooges-type uh, montage. He does do them, though. That was good. The kicks were good, and I liked the way he took the gun off the geyser. And, yeah. You know, like... I think he wasn't. I don't think he was as cool as he should have been. But like, it was still good. I, I enjoyed that bit. I was like, I want to see more of that. That's what I want to see more of. Yeah, the cyborgs then drive straight through a security blockade of a robot facility, which is a disused power plant, and go straight in. Apparently, it's top secret, but they just drive straight in. Two armed guards straight in. No faffing about. At this point in the film, he opens the door, and uh, start all Spartacus, and then we get right. He touches the side of his head, gently pushes it towards the side of the door, and then the guy goes, oh, it's down. <laughs> it's like, what was that? 
Yeah. <laughs> what, what oh, it's just it ridiculous. Do it, do it. So, so they, they enter the facility and kill everyone indiscriminately. Everybody's dead. I've got to say, the bits that I didn't enjoy about the film was everything to do with the cyborgs. Because I just thought they were crap. Yeah, they were absolutely like, rubbish. The, 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 like, like the costumes were crap. The, I mean, the voice. The voice was like a cheap RoboCop voice as well. Your robot voice was better. I am a robot. Exactly. Danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> yeah. So then we go back to Jack, and Jack's beating more um, officials up. This fight scene is not very good on the staircase. It's very. It, it was like, let's just throw this in. It is very camp. It's sort of like. No, also, also, what I didn't, what what I didn't get with that, like, it was giving it, it was giving it like the high school jock yeah woman you know what i mean and i didn't get that i was like is this from the first film is this what he's meant to be because i thought he was some kind of serious cop who had a real grudge but now he's trying to give it the cheese of one-liners to this bird yeah so i couldn't really figure out what the, i don't think the film knew what it was trying to do after this after beating these people up jack goes to see the best country band ever called switch at 51 minutes in <laughs> And he meets a sheriff who we've never heard of before, but seems to know exactly what's going on throughout the entire film. He knows everything that's going on. Oh, yes, the old fella. I had him down as... um, I I had written notes, but I I think I might have thrown them away by accident. (laughs) I had him down as... Oh, that was it. I wrote down a happy shopper Burgess Meredith. Oh, my God, he really is. Yeah. (laughs) You're a bum, Jack. You'll always be a bum. (laughs) (laughs) From then he goes to make a phone call and the ATG run over the um, public phone box he's using. This bit made me laugh a lot because nobody, literally nobody gave a fuck that a car had run over a uh, phone box and they just carried on walking by. (laughs) It really made me laugh. In fact, I rewound this moment because it was fucking hilarious. Then That must have happened at the point where I'd lost the will to live. Oh, yeah, it was fucking terrible. Because I don't remember. That bit. Jack tracks the cyborgs to a roadside petrol station. I don't know how he does this actually, but he gets there. I guess they stop the the cyborgs stop because they need oil and petrol and shit. Because why would they bother stopping? Well, because he asked the man where his diesel was. Uh, so they did need. Uh, that's so it. That's need. it then. Well, they needed diesel. This little boy comes in and he's about to be killed by these cyborgs and Jack turns up and does this absolutely awful kick of this cyborg that would probably just break his leg if he did it in real life. Well, this is this is where I got confused because I was thinking, in Cyborg Cop, not Cyborg Cop 1, just Cyborg Cop, was he an actual cyborg? Because I was waiting for him to, like, you know, find out that he's a cyborg. That's what I was. What I thought he's the cyborg cop. Oh, nice, yeah. Because I remember, I remember in the first film, I think it was his brother got turned into a cyborg and he went to save him or something. But I was like, did he end up with like some? Because when he kicks this cyborg, let's remember now, right? Kevlar armor, Gatling yeah. gun, yeah. nuclear fusion, and he kicks him and he carries on driving. So his leg's not broke. He hasn't lost his balance on his bike. And this fucking soldier, right, goes, like, flying. So I'm like, oh, David Bradley's the cyborg. (laughs) I get it now. He's not like a cyborg hunter. He's a cyborg because he's made of metal, but he's not. Yeah, so at this point then, Spartacus and Jack Ryan 
square up and have a bit of a fight. He gets his ass kicked and gets thrown way out of the way. Um, and then there's lots of explosions. For some apparent reason, the FBI, the cops turn up, everybody turns up. And there's a really good scene where a car launches and lands on top of Spartacus, which for the first time watching it, I thought that's actually a pretty good scene. The second time watching it, you can see that the mannequin they put in place of Spartacus comes apart. Yeah, yeah. Which I noticed that first yeah. time totally then invalidates the next scene where you see Spartacus under the car lifting the car up so yeah completely out the damn out the damn road with her and then Jack goes and meets the ATG agent which is uh, Liz McDowell and he beats up some more cops while he's doing this as, again sorry we've got confused because this is the bit where he starts giving it all the cheesy one lines oh yeah and that's what I said earlier on uh, but this is the point where he's giving it all the like like the college boy humour yeah to, 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 the, to the female agent yeah so then they go back to the sheriff's barn the sheriff's farm as it is and the cyborgs turn up and while Jack is pissing about welding a cyborg to a bench the poor old sheriff gets killed and Jack doesn't give a shit about it the the, the barn then explodes and uh, we just move on that's the thing about this Jack doesn't give a shit about anybody other than himself I mean no and I think I think the thing is now what we've established is that these undestructible monsters can be kicked and they can also be fooled with a fire extinguisher a flare and then wounded to a desk without putting up any fight whatsoever. I totally forgot about the flare. I should have wrote that down. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, just ridiculous. Yeah, so then um, Jack and the and and Liz t- team up to take down the, uh, the cyborgs and the robots. And they head off to the power station. And you get this quote. Whoa. <sighs> Some guns, lady. So what happens is Jack and the and the female agent coming into the the compound where the cyborgs are and and they look uh, at Spartacus looks and he goes he comes alone with only a woman who the fuck does he think he is as if like they haven't brought an army it's just two people but that also that is completely out of character for that character like he should be happy there's only two of them exactly in an army. so they enter the lair and Jack Ryan kills one of the cyborgs instantly with a machine gun as you said Kevlar armour indestructible he blows one up with a machine gun and I'm surprised he didn't do it with a chubba chub uh, <laughs> yeah then there's more explosions Jack and the thing is that he kills loads of these cyborgs and so does Liz and not once do they think these people were someone's loved ones once they just indiscriminate, you know, they're just fodder. That's all they are. Just, just blow them up. They can't be saved. Blow them up. Throwback to earlier in the film, in a very throwaway scene where we meet Jack, Jack Ryan's son, which is about a 30-second backstory moment where you think, how has this bloke got a son? Because he only rides a motorcycle and he's never at home, so I don't understand that. And we find out that Spartacus has kidnapped said son and he's holding him against Jack. And then Jack does this commando thing where he sort of says, oh, come on, why don't you just fight me? Just me and you, one-on-one. You know, in that moment where uh, Bennett and, um, and uh, what's his name, yeah. Richards go up against each other. John, John Matrix. Yeah, John that's it, it's not Richards, yeah. Richards is bloody running man, isn't he? Ben Richards is running man, yeah. yeah. And he goes, when do you want to put yeah. the knife in me and so watch it with my eyes, you know, and he twists it. Yeah. It's the same thing, he does mm-hmm. the same sort of thing. Let off some steam. That's the it. one, that's exactly the scene I'm thinking of. And then, while they're fighting, Jack, uh, Jack's, Jack's son sticks Spartacus to a giant industrial magnet. <laughs> there's more explosions, there's more stuff going on, then uh, Jack Ryan 
electrocutes Stark Raven, uh, sets him on fire, and then they pick each other. They pick up the sun. Him and Liz walk out completely unscathed from this army of, uh, you know, because um, because 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 they turned them off. Oh right, they pressed the button and it works. See, I'd, give, I'd give up the will to live at this point. Yeah, you did miss a couple of pieces of information there. Uh, Stark Raven has kidnapped the boy. The boy was being babysat by his dead partner's girlfriend. There was no mention of if she was dead or alive or whatever. She was just forgotten about. Uh, but also, when they when they get the, the kill switch and they turn it off and all the robots just fall down dead, when they escape, the Blue Peter model <laughs> of the power plant that they came out of then explodes <laughs> it was like it was the worst miniature i'd ever seen but also what i was thinking was uh, and it was never brought up in the film if you've got a program of building super soldiers and with the hindsight of seeing universal soldier why don't you use dead soldiers why are you using psychopaths what why well we'll get to that then so they they, they exit the power plant power plant explodes they walk off into the sunset the end Right, I mean, there's a lot to digest in there. And my God, is it a fucking strange... Well, yeah, verdict. So what are your thoughts, Phil? Tell me all about it. Okay, so it wasn't as bad as Hellraiser Revelations. Right, okay. That was... That's... That's the best I can do. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go and watch Hellraiser uh, Revelations now, aren't I? Oh no, please don't do it because like you'll never get that time back. Even if, even if, right? Let's say, for instance, one day you go to the doctors, and the doctor go, right, it's gonna be an hour and a half wait. You go, all right, I've got to wait, and then they go, uh, Wayne, and you go, well, that wasn't, that was a minute. That's the only way you'll ever get that time back. <laughs> don't do it. It's terrible. <laughs> um, well, my thoughts were. Um, I like David Bradley. Uh, he's done some good films, good in my eyes anyway, you know, like the things that you said. The director's done some good films, but this was just a pile of crap. It really was. It was desperate. Desperate from the beginning to the very end. Yeah, it's like they just had... I mean, I couldn't find a budget for this film, which is scary because I want to know how much money they wasted. No, no, they spent all that money on explosions. Just the explosion. The, the explosions were the best of fight scenes between the humans was okay um they what they they made the biggest mistake they made was saying that these cyborgs are indestructible yeah because then there's nowhere to go there's nowhere to go from that uh and to be able to beat one by putting a fire extinguisher in his face and then it being wounded to the floor bullshit mm. sorry are you allowed to swear on this podcast i've said fuck three or four times so yeah carry on oh uh, right I'll, i'm i'm immune to swearing uh, yeah. Uh, yeah so no it, it was uh it was terrible it was it was kind of it was like i think it knew what it wanted to do it felt like they'd started filming and had to stop and then started again two or three months later and then run out of time and just went we've got four days left we need to do everything one take go i mean because it was rubbish for me, it's, it's, it's not a, a good film all the way around. I mean, I, even, you know, I, they're, they're trying to portray David Bradley as like this charismatic lead. And to be honest, he's no better at the end of the film than, than the twat of the villain. You know, he's pretty much the same sort of standards. Like if he, got, if he died, I wouldn't care. I'm not invested in this film. And I'm, I'm not going to be, you know. It's, it's, I think the problem is B films have come a long way from this. This is 1994 and they've come a long way in that, um, that 26 year intro or 27 year interim, you know. There's a problem there. Um, I think like when, you, like when you've got like your, like your B film, so for instance, you mentioned, American Samurai with with uh, David Bradley and mm. 
uh, earlier on. That's a fantastic film. It's a complete rip-off of um, Bloodsport, but like it was still like a really good film. And um, like uh, you had people like um, like uh, Don the Dragon Wilson, Mark Dacoskus, uh, Jeff Wincott, Jeff Speakman, uh, Lorne Avedon, Billy Blanks. You had those kind of guys who were your go-to B-movies, you know, like you like like you straight to VHS yeah, yeah. home movies, um, six million, seven million, eight million pound budgets. Mm. They were the go-to guys. What killed it? What killed everything was the Matrix. That just killed everything because because what they did, they took an actor, Keanu Reeves, taught him how to do Taekwondo, and put him in the film. And then everyone wants to see the big Hollywood guy doing all the moves mm. so that's what kind of killed so then it was then you had the born identity mm. and then all in every single film all the guys do their own stuff so you've got all these great b-movie martial art actors uh, who, who might not be great actors but they can certainly throw a kick mm. but guess what so can keanu reason yeah absolutely so we don't need billy blanks or brian bosworth or well, mark koskas they had him in john wick three uh, and he's actually made a bit of a bit of a comeback himself hasn't he now but you've got all those guys who can do all the moves but now we just pay the hollywood actors to do the moves themselves i don't want to talk bad about this film because i knew as soon as i picked it up I t- if, I, if if i'm honest when i was scanning through i thought cyborg cop that's going to be one of those b movies i can have a good laugh at and i really i was enjoy. i wanted to laugh with it and laugh and laugh at yeah, it and, no laughs. yeah and laugh at it a little bit if i'm honest and then after about half an hour it just got boring i think it's i've mm. seen some of these films in uh, in that sort of trash film setting like i was saying i saw um samurai cop at the electric and that was brilliant because you got these two guys talking Samur- the, uh, about, go on, sorry. Samurai Cop is fifty-five times better than Cyborg Cop. <laughs> I agree, because yeah, in every single way. Because it's funny. It's you know, it's literally laugh out loud funny, and you can you know, and all the stuff they were pointing out to us. And I think maybe in that setting, this could have the same sort of you know B movie cult charm. But sitting on a Friday night after a long week at work, it was just a slog. After about after about thirty no, minutes, what it was missing was um, a was like a sidekick. A buddy, yeah. Like a, you know, it, like like in in Samurai Cop, you've got you've got Mark Hannon and um, Washington bloke. They bounce off each other. You've got some at there. Mm. All you've got is Doug Bradley gurning. <laughs> gurning, that's a good way of putting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I mean, <sighs> this is the verdict part of the show. So is it is it worth the pound I paid for it? <laughs> I would only ever pay fifty pence for that. See, I see. I, I, but then yeah. I wouldn't because I've seen it, and it's on YouTube, and it and it and it's on YouTube. So yeah, I wouldn't pay. One it's pence. one of them. I picked it up, and I've watched it now, and I've watched it for the podcast. You know, can't wait to get rid of it. So yeah, no, I don't think it's worth the pound at all. To be honest, when you said, "Um, come on the podcast," what do you want to do? And and I had a look at what you had. I said, "So I chose it. Yeah. So it's my own fault." <laughs> um, but, but 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 I thought this is going to be a good one. It's Doug Bradley, it's got cyborgs, it's got cops. Let's do it. I'm so disappointed. That's the one thing we didn't touch on. They're not cops. No, he's the cop and they're the cyborg. Right, okay. But he he's but that's 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 it, because he's not a cyborg, but he's a cyborg. so really what it should be called is like cyborg tracker or cyborg tracer or cyborg hunter or rogue cyborgs. Yeah. They're much better B movie titles then. Much better B movie titles, oh, all of them. Enough. 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> right, so we've re- we've reached the end of the podcast. Philip has got a YouTube channel, as I said at the start, which is uh, Grandad Reacts. Tell us about your your YouTube channel, Phil. Yeah, so uh, Grandpa Reacts is um, it's like a reaction channel uh, where me and my father-in-law watch movie trailers. Now he hates horror. He's a he's he's scared of his own shadow. So I make him watch horror films, and then like we just watch him react in a very scared way we've done uh, we've got six or seven at the moment like basically if if i can give you an idea his favorite film is pretty woman wow and his ideal film is things like you know notting kill love actually he loved all that kind of stuff so we've done like not marin arm street we've done saw we've done the terrifier uh we've but you know we, we've done some other things we've done like um hangover part three national lampoon senior trip uh, we've just done a few different kind of reactions terminator 2 yeah we're on we're on youtube grandpa reacts there is another grandpa reacts but he's got like twenty three thousand followers i've got about four so you'd be easy easy to find us um and we're on twitter at grandpa reacts uh and on tiktok as well at grandpa reacts uk so yeah so we're doing that at the moment um we're gonna do uh, we always like suggestions for horror films to watch, so The Grudge has come up a few times. Oh, yes, absolutely. And we'll probably react to the Michael Jackson thriller video as well. <laughs> yeah, I've um, I've watched all the ones you put up. They're very funny, they're very good. He's a very endearing... Oh, good, thank yeah, you. Yeah, he's a very endearing chap, and it's, it's horrible what you're doing to him, but he's brilliant, brilliantly entertaining. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so Philip, yeah, thank you very much. Go go on YouTube, subscribe to uh, to Philip and Grandpa Reacts. That's the end of the podcast. So, as always, I'm giving these these, DVD, these, these DVDs in season one, I'm giving them away at the end of the season. So, um, keep a lookout. Nobody wants that. <laughs> keep, keep a lookout on Facebook and uh, Twitter <laughs> for the end of that. So, thanks very much for tuning in. Find us on Facebook, One Pound Movie Podcast. Find us on Twitter. I think he's called the One, Man, the one Pound Movie Pod, uh, I think. And uh, yeah, like and subscribe and all the rest of that jazz and uh, come back and see us again. So uh, thanks very much, Phil. Thanks for joining us and thanks very much for listening. See you again soon. Thanks very much for having me. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.